This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. How was your weekend? Good. Um, didn't get made a dame. Did you get made a sir? No, I think they missed it off. I think they missed both of us off. Um, we went down, Jack and I went down to Topo uh, and went, he went and had a ride at Craters of the Moon, which turned out to be a really amazing uh, mountain bike park. So, yeah, good weekend. Awesome. How was, was yours? Re- I was reading your thesis for some of it and building shelves for the rest. Well, you're still speaking to me, so it can't be all that bad. <laughs> It's a very interesting read. Who are we joining today? Today it is my absolutely great pleasure to introduce Mandy Haig. Um, I've known Mandy for, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many years, quite a few. Her and her husband, Troy, who we're actually interviewing later in the week. And um, Mandy is one of our really important people in our community. She's an artist, an award-winning artist. Um, She's an art teacher. She's a teacher aide. And she actually managed to do something I didn't think was possible, and that is she inspired me to actually like taking photos. Welcome, Mandy. Thank you. Welcome, Mandy. It's a pleasure to be here. Where are you, Mandy? I'm in Fakatani in Central Township, yep. And how was your bubble life? Um, My bubble life was quite crazy, really. Um, I very much um, enjoyed some of the possibilities it gave me for bird photography because our local New World is right across the road from our river. So when I was getting my essential groceries every second day, I'd take my camera, scoot over the stop bank and photograph spoonbills and herons and kingfishers and had an absolute wonderful time. Cool. Are you, Mawera introduced you as an artist. What sort of artist? I'm a painter primarily, um, and I'm also a photographer, but I got into taking photos originally as reference photos for my paintings, and now I find I actually spend a bit more time taking photos than painting. Um, yeah. So my favourite subjects are birds, and um, looking at you know mankind's kind of um, interaction with our ecology and the tensions that that creates. Is that more time taking the photos because you're waiting forever for them to be in the pose you want them to be in? Because if you're just painting them, you can imagine them in that pose. 
you can, but it's actually much more fun to take photos because it's all over in, um, in one three thousand two hundredth of a second, uh, whereas painting takes a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> and we find we've got bird feeders outside our, our windows and occasionally we set up a GoPro or something by the bird feeder. It's remarkable how quickly they move and how much of the interactions you miss when you're just looking at them at normal speed. That's right. That's why I've got a camera and a lens that costs about twice as much as my car did. <laughs> I've got a really crappy car, I must say. <laughs> and is there a particular theme to your, your birds? Is, is it? Oh, you, you said it's about mankind's interaction? Yeah, those are sort of where I go with my paintings. Those are the themes that kind of come through with the... Um, my photography really is just about the birds and their behaviours. Um, and interestingly, when I look through my Flickr account, because that's where I post most of my photos, um, it, it's interesting to see that um, I'm really interested and in, in captured by the movement, you know, the takeoff, the f um, fighting between birds or capturing fish. Um, so those action shots, a lot of my photos of birds, they've got their wings outspread and they're in the middle of doing something. And as I said, it's it's too fast for us to see it, usually. It just looks like a flutter. You, but it, when you're right. seeing it when you're seeing it slowed down, it, it's it's amazingly complex interaction. It is, and um, I especially like um, the water birds. And you know, when you get a, a heron and it's stabbing at a fish and and the water droplets coming up and are, are sort of frozen in time. I mean, that's, to me, what makes a really interesting image. Um, and like I said, you know, my, my go-to setting on my camera is um, one three thousand two hundredth of a second. Uh, so, yeah, you can freeze a lot of action in, the, in that tiny frame. And do you do much processing? Um, I do use Photoshop and, um, you know, I think some people are still of the opinion that Photoshop is cheating, but in actual fact, it's a really useful tool and why not make use of it, you know? Um, I, I do process so that my photos still look natural. I don't like them looking unnatural or overworked. So, um, yeah, so it's basically just a little bit of sharpening where I need to bringing out detail in the shadows and um, cropping creatively, yeah. Cool. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Teddy Swims, Rivers. Why this one? Um, I've only just recently discovered Teddy Swims. He's a great um, cover artist, and he's taken Rivers from 660. And he, he lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and he just – brings this real soulful kind of quality to it, to the song. And I spend a lot of my time on the riverbank, so a lot of what he sings about in the song I can relate to. All night, all night She wants to run forever Hold tight, hold tight we get some time together, flow, flow along with me. Low light, 
high, low light That's when it's looking better Tonight, tonight When we get time together Flow Flow along with me And now I know That your river's one During the lockdown, you had this amazing thing going um, with the with this not a competition. It was like a participation process where where you would set a theme and people could take photos and everybody shared their photos and it just absolutely blew me away the sort of engagement that you got from that. Where did the idea come from and and did it actually achieve what you wanted it to achieve? Well, it's really interesting you should ask because when we started it, um, we called it the lockdown challenge. And so the challenge was taking a photo of a set topic every day. And it turned out to be something totally different than what we envisioned and something that I thought was just way more special. So originally we discussed um, whether or not we just made it for members members of the Whakatane Camera Club. Um, or we open it to the public and we thought, oh, well, you know, some other people may want to join. So we did that and, um, yeah, more and more people in the community joined and in actual fact there were very few people from the camera club that um, participated. 
But what was really cool was that, um, you know, we started to change up some of the, um, the set topics because the people that were taking the photos, they weren't necessarily skilled photographers and they weren't looking at it from a photographer's viewpoint in terms of creating the perfect shot. They were just finding ways of sharing what was happening in their situation and connecting with other people. So one of the, um, for instance, one of our most successful topics was um, heirloom. And so people would take a photo of things that had been passed down in their family for generations or things that were specific to the area. And the amount of... Um, the amount of comments between people, like the dialogue that those, that spurred, and the, it just became a really cool community of people. And it wasn't about taking great photos. It was about making connections between people and what they were photographing. As one of those people, and as not a photographer, I, I've never thought of myself as anyone who could take an interesting picture um, the, the way that you structured the topics inspired me to want to take photos and to share them with people. And I remember actually my favourite one, I think it was, like, I think the topic was yellow. And in my bookcase, all my books are in colour blocks. And oh. I took this picture of my yellow books and the response, from, and it was, for me, that's my humour, but the response yeah. from people blew me away. And and it was it was a real big, um, exciting part of my day uh, mm. to, to wait for the topic and then actually get to talk about it. And I and it yeah. blows me away that you did that. And thank you for doing it. Thank you. Um, and it, that was something that the feedback that we got from a lot of people was, um, yeah, it gave them something to focus on each each day, something different, and. Um, yeah, and it was really neat to see people's humour and um, characters come through. Um, we had, I had a really touching message at the end of the lockdown, and it was from a woman who she would come in and she'd make comments, and I think maybe she posted one or two photos during that time. She wasn't very active in that way. But um, it turned out that she was at home nursing her dying husband, and she said it just gave her something to focus on, something, something positive to um, to get her through the day, really. And yeah, I found that really awesome. Mandy, as an artist, like with with your photography, and I've asked Troy, this your husband, this so many times because it blows me away. How do you know the moment before it happens? Because as you said, you've got that split second. Um, that it takes for you to click the button for the photo to take, which means you have to anticipate that perfect moment. How do you know? How do you know before the moment happens that it's going to? I think that's where you need to know your subject. Like for me, my subject is birds, and I spend a lot of time watching and observing. And it's amazing how much you get to know their behaviour and without even realising it really because... You know, I gave the example before of a heron um, stabbing at fish or crabs and I've watched them and there have been times when I'm really in tune with the bird and, and can have been taking shots at exactly the moment that they're stabbing for that crab or fish 
And I, I kind of blow myself away. It's like, how do I even know that? But I think it's just like anything. You practice and you, you do it often enough and it just comes. It's such a beautiful thing to be able to capture the essence of a person or or any other living creature in that moment. And um, I have so much admiration for people who can take photos. <laughs> Thanks. But photographing of people, I leave that to my husband. <laughs> when Henry, my son, who's now at university, and I are sitting, like usually sitting in a restaurant or perhaps in a car waiting for someone, um, we have a competition where we have to try and take the best picture that we can without moving. Um, so you're only allowed to use stuff that's within reach and you're only allowed to take one picture and you're not allowed to enhance it. We've, the rules for this game developed quite a bit and got quite strict over time. So I was busy, while you were talking then, I was busily finding all the things that I could reach that were yellow. Here's Mr. Happy. Here's an S. Here's a, here's a bumblebee car, yellow submarine, a yellow man. <laughs> And a yellow-eyed penguin. Awesome! You've got your yellow shirt. I, I, I should be able. Oh, I should be able to do something with those. Oh, and there's a Superman there. He's got a yellow face. <laughs> I should be able to do something creative with these. Can I ask why? Why you have uh, a collection of yellow things? Oh, I've got a collection. Of, if you'd said red, I could have reached a collection of red things. Oh, okay, got you. I've got a, I've got stuff. Right, everybody needs stuff. I could say that there's a um, a three year old grandchild comes to visit, but it's nothing to do with her. <laughs> I cleared out my desk today, and I came across quite an interesting array of stuff, which um, it was a a crab's claw, um, a cow's ear tag. Um, a godwit feather, um, a cockle shell, and a gum nut. I thought that was quite interesting. And one of your paintings I saw when I was looking on Flickr was was like a, a museum curiosity cabinet of lots of different right. things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you a, quite... are you a collector of stuff? <laughs> I am. I'm a real magpie, but it's not the sort of blingy stuff that you might imagine. It's more like um, bird skulls and bones and interesting little dead insects and dried seaweed, things like that, you know. I think things one of the... You can't really make a necklace out of. <laughs> one of the things that the, the uh, lockdown taught quite a lot of people is finding the interesting stuff in their own neighbourhoods or in their own gardens. And, and just right. stop stopping to appreciate what's around them. That's right. And I think that was one of the really cool things about lockdown. It was, you know, like everything was on pause and then you got to see that nature was still going on regardless. And um, and nature, you know, like the, the birds sort of, um, I think it was easy to observe the birds because there were less people around and... Um, yeah, it was just a nice time to reconnect, really. Have you always been somebody that's that's been aware of that interest in the the what's around you? Yes, always. 
Yeah, I mean, one of my earliest memories was a plague of frogs, actually. And I think I was about three at the time, so I found that quite interesting. You, you didn't take pictures or paint that, though? Um, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Although they probably weren't pictures worth keeping. It's, it's not a memory that comes back to haunt you in your paintings. No, but... A um... Plague of Frogs <laughs> series. No, but it's an interesting concept, actually. I could relive that. <laughs> if only, if only our frog population was that healthy. Mandy, when you're teaching, like working as a teacher aide, do you, do you use your art there? Do you use your art to support the learning, to inspire the learning? I do, and actually um, this week I'll be working, starting some work with a couple of um, kids who have just been diagnosed with autism, mild autism. Um, we're going to be getting them a couple of cameras um, to work with, and two, um, two afternoons a week I'm going to be teaching them photography. So that's going to be really cool. It is. Do you start with the the techniques, or is it, as we were talking about, is it about noticing interesting things first? I think it's about noticing interesting things first and then um, encouraging the children to take um, creative um, angles and, you know, see how they can mix it up a little bit. So maybe say to them, okay, let's take a photo of this tree and then look at the photos and say, right, how can you make those images more interesting? How can you take a photo that no one else has taken before of that tree? And then start getting them thinking outside the square. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, koutou ho. We hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes, and I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, and here making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us, we have been through a very intense time together for the last more than a year. And we are continuing to be affected by the shifts and changes that have taken place around our world. We are still in the midst of a global pandemic unfolding globally. And although for us here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, very fortunately being able to frolic about there are still many factors which I know are weighing upon us and affecting us, not only in terms of our physiology and our, our nervous system with the, the stress, but also psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, with all of the changes that have taken place. And we're now having to recalibrate and process all of those shifts and changes. So I really hope that for you, you have a network of support around you, that you are being kind and compassionate to yourself and to others, acknowledging that we are recovering from what has taken place and maybe for some time. 
not only that, but of course our consciousness has has had to shift. We've had to think about new ways of doing, being, seeing, feeling. And whilst this has many positive aspects, again, this is a process which requires a lot of energy to make these shifts in consciousness. Something that has happened for me, of course, is more of awareness of our internal universe and sense of freedom that we can always find within. That sense of freedom, that sense of peace, that sense of happiness, that sense of quietude, that sense of the sacred, that sense of the the private, the personal sanctuary that is within us all, reminding us who we are at the deepest level. And I think for all of us that experience of lockdown really reinforced the importance of accessing that inner universe. Something that I'm really grateful for, of course, is my work is so integrally connected to the notion of sanctuary, working at the eco-sanctuary, but also working in a space that is about love and protection for the living world of which we are a part. And I feel the best aspects of us can come forward when we are moving in a nurturing role. So I really hope that for you, you're having the opportunity to connect with that part of yourself. You're having the opportunity to feel yourself come forward as a nurturer for yourself with kindness and compassion, but also for those around you. And I really hope that in this time you have also been able to gather and draw sustenance and inspiration from stories, your own stories that you've created over this time, your own personal stories from your family mythology and cultural mythology, the stories of your friends and loved ones, and also those those stories, those larger stories that we all know. I hope they can be of comfort for you. I'm in the process of doing some filming today, drawing upon stories of the eco-sanctuary, how it came to be, and our triple bottom line, people, the environment, and of course sustaining ourselves financially, and how these all weave together. And of course this is a story, this is a story that I hope can inspire others. So I really hope for you, you're able to share the stories that are inspiring you most. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakitu. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Mandy Haig. Mandy, is there a photograph that's eluded you? Um, there's probably thousands of photographs <laughs> that have eluded me. Um, because when you're taking images of birds, you know, you can always envision, oh, um, what would be a better angle or, you know, how could I capture some some part of that image better. Um, yeah, but I think the good thing with photography is that sometimes you don't always know what you've taken. It's not till you get home and you put your uh, memory card in the computer and then you can 
either think, oh, actually, I'm a bit disappointed with those, or wow, there's something really cool in that image that I had no idea I was taking. So do you sometimes have a an image in mind that you, you go out and try and try and get, or is it up I to the birds do. to do what they want to do? Uh, it's, it's a bit of both, really. Like, you know, for, for bird photography, a lot of it depends on what the birds are doing at certain times of the year. Um, like I, at our um, local river mouth near Thornton, when the white baits start running, the white-fronted terns come in and, and they'll catch white bait, but it's also the start of their courtship behaviour. So if a bird catches a white bait or a larger fish, um, instead of swallowing it, they'll fly around and show it off to all the females and say, check out what a good hunter I am and I'd be a really good provider for your chicks. And uh, so you can get some really cool shots of the birds with fish in their beaks and then they'll land and they'll kind of wave it in front of a female and um, and half the time she doesn't take any notice. But yeah, so it's all about knowing what the birds are doing when, what they're feeding on, the good places to be to optimise your chances of getting photos of those kind of birds. We've seen lots of changes in society over the last year. Have you seen anything that you think will stick or that you hope will stick? I think just the fact that um, a lot of people have reconnected with nature um, and hopefully gained a bit of an appreciation for our natural spaces. Um, whether it will last, I'm pretty sure it will. You know, as New Zealanders, it's something that we we do embrace. Um, I kind of worry about a lot of other cultures where um, people grow up in cities and, you know, have very little experience with green spaces, let alone nature. Um, but I like to think in New Zealand, you know, we foster that sort of um, appreciation of what we have. You talked about how your art is, is not just about the the existence of the, the birds and the other bits of nature, but the interaction with people and the impact of of that. Yeah. Is, is that an... That's an ongoing story for you? It is. It's sort of a, a theme that no matter w what form the art takes, it always seems to be an undercurrent in there. And I think possibly because that's just something that I'm concerned about. Um, and I don't like to be too preachy with my, my painting, saying, you know, oh, we've got to think about this. But, um, but I like to put something a little bit mysterious in there where if people really kind of think about it, then that's a way that it unfolds to them. In a subtle kind of way, or is it obvious? Sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it's obvious. Um, one of the works I did um, a few years ago, it was... Um, I took the shape of a Coca-Cola bottle and um, being plastic, with a plastic shape, but I covered the surface in, um, in natural organisms and, and I kind of have a, had a little bit of a play with the scale. So there was moss and lichen, but there was also fully grown trees and um, fungi and 
so I completely coated this bottle in greenery. And I was kind of thinking about, you know, how how much is how much can nature come back from? Um, so it worries me about all the plastic in the environment, and I'm not specifically pointing at Coca-Cola, but consumerism in general. Um, and I would like to think that, you know, when humans have kind of stuffed it for ourselves and have died out, then nature will find a way to, to recover and, and rebalance. So, I mean, it was a, to look at the painting, it was quite a beautiful and serene looking painting, but because of the shape of this bottle that was underlying it, uh, that was kind of my thinking behind it. You know, it was like, if people wondered about why the shape was there, then possibly they could come upon the, the plastic thing. When I was looking at your paintings, I was sketching them out on the piece of paper that I've got in front of me that I'm taking notes on. I've discovered that I can draw a fantail on a watch a lot better than I can draw a Coke bottle. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> hmm. I think... Yeah, I think so it's... that... <laughs> I've done some kind of weird paintings when I think about it. <laughs> I like the other one. I like the one with the... You didn't the... find the Barbie doll with him. No, I didn't find the Barbie dolls. I like the one with the the lungs. Oh, right. Yes. I had a gentleman look at that and said, I would have bought that if it didn't have a... if it didn't have intestines in it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what lessons do you think we can take from the pandemic for those bigger questions of biodiversity or climate change or social injustice? It's a really hard one when you um, put it in terms of COVID. I think maybe it's just kind of a wake-up call for everyone to look at, you know, at mankind and, okay, so COVID affects our health, but it's not just... COVID, you know, it's like, it's the whole planet and what we're doing to the environment that our health relies on. Um, and I think really it's it's just the fact that when we're not, um, well, I don't know, I guess we're more vulnerable than we sometimes think we are. You talked before about a, a pause. What are you seeing as the opportunity for that pause? How do you see it? Are you seeing it as a... Some people have said it's a recovery and a reset and a regeneration. Which of those sorts of words works for you? I think it's a bit of a refocus, hopefully. But, you know, the funny thing is that it didn't seem to take long before we were back to doing things the same way as that we did beforehand um, for a lot of people. Um, but hopefully it's a, a refocus and um, and I know a lot of people actually um, that have that started habits during lockdown like getting out and walking and finding these natural spaces that they have carried on doing. Um, 
So hopefully that's something that's going to continue. I don't know. It's a big question, really, isn't it? Yeah, and we don't have the answers, but it's it's a it's a useful opportunity for us to at least think about what it is we're trying to achieve. That's right. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Beth Hart. Mama, this one's for you. Why this one? Um, well, because I think I was really fortunate um, in my life that I have had wonderful parents. Um, my dad is no longer with us, but my mum, she's always been my rock and supported me in my um, sometimes strange and unusual interests. Um, and so it's a shout out to my mum and also um, my sister. I was never lucky enough to have kids, but um, my sister, she's one of the strongest um, women that I know, and she has two very beautiful daughters. And I know, um, you know, she's been through some struggles watching her, her kids. Um, and so it's just, you know, this song makes me cry. <laughs> Yeah, it's the song that gets to me every time I hear it, so I love it. For all the things I never said, I'm sorry that I never did. Thank you for your precious time For teaching me how to climb I love you more than summertime You've been such a good friend of mine And every sacred word is true I learned to love because of you And oh, mama, I saw the world it was good and full of kindness And every step I took you held my hand And watched me grow You'll never know how much I love you And I am not afraid, I am not afraid I finally Mama, this one's for you You always look beyond the dark You told me joy lives in the heart And life is what you make of it Sure to cherish every bit Oh, Mama, I saw the world And it was good And full of kindness And every step I took you held my hand And watched me grow You'll never I love you And I am not afraid I'm not afraid 
I finally grew Mama, this one's for you Mama, this one's for you Mandy, while we were listening to the song, I just went and looked for that bottle picture because I've never seen it. I've, I've, I look at your art all the time, but I've never actually seen that. And it's amazing. And it's exactly what you said. When we disappear, all of what we've made disappears too. It's amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Except the plastic I must admit, it's been one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah, it's the plastic that- bottle. Yeah. The, plastic, the plastic stuff will hang around for a while. It will. And but I think and, nature's going to reclaim the planet. And you're right, the, the Coke, you're not blaming Coke as such, but it's a useful metaphor for the consumer. That's right, yeah. During COVID time, um, everybody said that all of a sudden there were more birds and and it's not that there were more birds, it's just that there were less cars and less noise and we were sitting still for longer and we actually got to see them instead of scaring them away all the time. That's right, we had more chance to observe them and, and notice the little things in life. Yeah, and I look at all these beautiful bird pictures that you've got and they just blow me away and I, I really encourage um, anyone, the, the people who are listening to our show today to um, just go onto Google Images and have a look for Mandy Haig paintings and, yeah, I'm prepared to be quite blown away, I say. Most of my um, bird images are on um, Instagram under Haig, H-A-G-U-E underscore art. I started out, it was supposed to be a a site for my art, but it's been taken over by the birds. (laughs) (laughs) Gone to the birds. Yep, gone to the birds. Mandy, I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Um, in 2018, I won the Rotorua Art Awards, um, which was the biggest for me because it was a $10,000 prize, which is quite lovely. Um, I've also um, achieved an associateship qualification through the Photographic Society of New Zealand. So... Both of those mean a lot to me. Cool. What was the painting that won the Rotorua Art Awards? Uh, well, it was one where I took um, an image from, or a plate from a book by John Gould, who was um, a bird painter, and um, I painted on his painting and took some elements that were on there and took them to a whole different place. And I added, I think it was a cat skull um, within his bird composition. Um, Yes. (laughs) And that's what won me the prize. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in our team. 
what is the superpower that's got you into the mansion? My superpower? I think my superpower is my wondrous talent for being able to sit on my butt for long periods of time waiting for birds to do interesting things. <laughs> People tell me, you're so talented, you're so patient. And I'm like, yeah, it just takes, you know, finding the right spot and sitting down for two hours, not doing anything else except looking through your camera and pushing the, the shutter button. And do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't initially label myself that, but then I think with my paintings, then like I said before, there's always that undercurrent of looking at the negative, and whether it's in a subtle way or in an activist way, then I suppose I am a little bit of an activist. So, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, I think getting that next great photo or um, just being out in nature, I think, really. I mean, that's my de-stress. And when the light's right and the birds are there and they're doing interesting things, um, I just get transported to another place, really. And what's the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to? in the next year or two? Well, interestingly enough, um, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going down to um, a place called Guavas Homestead um, in the Hawke's Bay, and I'm going with um, Kate Steeds, who is another artist from Tauranga, and she photographs insects. Um, Shirley Kerr, who has just been named in the um, new, in the Queen's Honours list um, for her services to mycology, which is fungi. And um, there's another one, I think Lee Ormsby. So the four of us are going down to this homestead and part of the property is 132 acres of lowland podocarp forest. And they're trying to um, get some funding for a predator-proof fence. So we're going to go in there, do a bit of a bio blitz, see what we can find in terms of insects and birds and plant life, record that, and um, you know, hopefully they're, they're going to be able to build a predator-proof fence around the forest and make it a sanctuary. That sounds fun. Awesome work. Yeah. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Um, oh, that's a tough one. I think find something you love and get passionate about it and yeah no I never got to be really good at anything without being totally passionate about it thank you for that Moira Mandy um, thank you for everything that you do to inspire creativity in people um, and also the way that you make people think with your work uh, and how you've just got this beautiful way of making people really feel like they matter in the world it's such a special thing, and thanks for all of those things. Thank you, Marwita. Thank you for your kind words. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for joining us. I ducked out of the rain. 
into Maria's wedding day And I sat there with her friends and with her family And I was happy I wasn't someone they'd invite And I didn't know the groom or know the bride But when I stood next to her brother for the photograph He was laughing Take another picture with your click 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 camera Take another picture with your click 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 camera with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is click, 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 click. Should be four of them. By Bishop Allen. I'm Samuel Mann and Soyuz Badenedon with Moira Karatai in Fakatani and also in Fakatani. We've been joined by Mandy Haig. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. They never even asked your name. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.